0: from the Toolkit Depot studios at Optus Stadium, for Kia, the 7 seat Kia Sorento large SUV. Yes, a very good evening. Welcome to Sports Day with Peter Vlahos. Great to have your company. On what's been a, a pretty warm day, hasn't it? We're here for the seven seat Kia Sorrento large SUV. You can join us anytime on the Tempera bedshed. Text machine 0487 736 736. Bedshed are the experts in temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases. Check the range of temper products in store or visit bedshed.com.au. The test match today, day two, done and dusted. Again, bad light and rain intervened. Uh, Usman Kawaja remains 195 not out. The Aussies are four for 475. As we know, Steve Smith, 104 he made today before he was caught and ball- bowled by Maharaj. And at the same time, he overcame a long-standing Australian statistic. In fact, he's beaten Donald Bradman. I'll come back to that in just a moment. But two days down, four for 475. Again, two rain-reduced days, and it was all about Usman Kawaja, who couldn't get to his double century tonight, but hopefully will get it uh, nice and early tomorrow. And a few of uh, the expert, seasoned, cricket commentators have made comment about the light situation. We'll hear from Alan Border very shortly uh, about that and why now, with modern technology, why we can't continue playing. And with a bad light, with the lights that are available at the venues, uh, maybe should be scrubbed and we can still play even though it may be under lights. But anyway, Alan Border will have his say and you'll hear from him very shortly. But well, let's uh, continue with cricket because joining us, and I appreciate his time, is the WA cricket coach. Last night, we were there broadcasting the match between the Scorchers and the Sydney Thunder. And it just came to light watching the Sydney Thunder last night on how in some ways unpredictable the BBL can be. Just a few weeks ago, everybody was aghast at the Sydney Thunder being dismissed for 15-1-5. And here they were last night, and for me, they were a very powerful unit, both with bat and ball. And the Perth Scorchers became unstuck last night losing by six wickets with three overs to spare. Adam Voges joins us on the program. Adam, thanks for your time. Uh, G'day, Peter. How are you? Yeah, I appreciate your time. Happy New Year, Adam. It's been a good uh, Perth Scorchers campaign, five and one going into the game last night, but you came, as I mentioned, unstuck. The Sydney Thunder showed that they are a pretty handy outfit.
1: Yeah, we we weren't at our best last night, I, I think. Certainly didn't get the first 10 overs of our batting innings right. Uh, I don't think we're going to win too many games when you're four for 47 at the 10 over mark. And uh, I thought the way Ashton Turner resurrected the innings and and got us up to 142, which was still subpar, but at least a competitive total to bowl to. But um, yeah, we, we didn't start well and, and we were sort of chasing our tail for most of the evening.
0: Why didn't you start well? Was the wicket a trifle bit more difficult to play than the previous two or three here at uh, the Perth Stadium?
1: Uh, yeah, I think uh, each one of the wickets that we've had so far have, have just been a little bit different in, in their pace and their bounce, and so there's certainly been an adjustment period that most teams have had to make, and uh, we just didn't get it right last night. I, I don't think we had the intent that we needed to have. I think we only hit two boundaries in those first ten overs, and lost wickets credit to the thunder they bowled and fielded in particular very very well and put us under pressure but um we uh, it's a it's a nice reminder for us and and the competition that you you need to be at your best otherwise um you're not going to win games of cricket so we we need to bounce back from that
0: Yes, and the next assignment against the Brisbane Heat here at uh, the Perth Stadium, Optus Stadium, on Saturday night. We'll talk about that in a moment. But the big, more pressing issue is the evolution of the Perth Scorchers team. Uh, Faf Duplassi played his final game last night. Unfortunately, he couldn't go on with it. Uh, Of course, Adam Leith will play his final game on Saturday. So all of a sudden, the opening combination come Saturday will be no more, so there needs to be some replacements. Well, can Bancroft go to open the innings and what options do you have?
1: Yeah, that's right. And and we sort of always knew that this was going to be the case with uh, T20 competitions starting up in in South Africa and uh, and in the UAE. A lot of the teams are going to get hit uh, at this time of the season with a number of internationals leaving the tournament. And I guess teams went in... Uh, eyes wide open to that that situation, and and have done uh, planning to to be able to cater for that. I guess what we probably didn't cater for was Cameron Green breaking a finger and Mitch Marsh not being available for the full tournament, and so uh, we've had to make adjustments on the run a little bit. Um, we still have cover in the batting. Uh, we signed Steve Eskenazi as a as an overseas replacement player, so he'll come into the mix of the game on Saturday young Cooper Connolly who's been on our list for, for nearly 2 years now who's an exciting young west australian uh, all-round uh, batting all-rounder uh, will come into calculation as well and Cameron Bancroft as, as you mentioned who um who played really nicely the other day in melbourne um has the opportunity to potentially go at the top of the order as well so um it it's something that we've known has been coming for a little while and, and we've planned as best we could but um, we've, had, we've been also hit by probably some extra injuries that we, uh, we weren't expecting.
0: Mm. And we'll come to those injuries in a moment because that's certainly pressing. Tell us about Stephen Eskenazi. Now, Mitch Marshall's part of our commentary team uh, last night and was a big rap for this player who has dual citizenship, I believe, uh, English and Australian, plays a bit of cricket at Claremont, Netherlands and represented WA at junior level. Tell us a little bit more about him if he's going to play against the Brisbane Heat on Saturday.
1: Yeah, well, we'd call him an overseas player, but he's he's very much feels like he's a local. He's he's grown up in Perth and, and played a lot of cricket locally for Claremont Netherlands, as you mentioned and uh now play, plays his trade over uh in the UK and plays for Middlesex where he was in the leading uh one of the leading run scorers in in the T20 Blast in their local domestic competition last season. So, he's a right-handed top-order player who um He's just a nice, elegant-looking player. I think he'll suit the conditions at, at Optus Stadium in particular. We'll be able to use the, the pace and the bounce of the wicket um, to his advantage. and I'm um, looking forward to, to, to seeing what he can produce for us. He's, mm. he's an experienced cricketer now. He's been around for, for a number of years in the, in the English circuit. and um, He's going to get his opportunity at the back end of this summer, which is great for him.
0: What about Hamish McKenzie, the leg spinner, with Ashton Agar now on national duties? Is he being considered...
1: Yeah, he certainly is. Uh, we we uh, we certainly considered Hamish for the game over in uh, in Melbourne at, at Marvel Stadium, and uh, again the other night. We're just trying to find the balance right with with us missing all of our all rounders. I looked over to the bench the other night and saw Cameron Green, Mitch Marsh, and Aaron Hardy all talking to each other, and thought I could do with at least one of you <laughs> in the team. But, um, with Ashton Agar away as well in the Test match, and, and not getting him back until uh, we we go on the road um, next week. Uh, just trying to find that balance in the team is is what we're we're trying to do at the moment. Uh, whether we go with five bowlers or whether we um, strengthen our batting and and find a way to um, get some overs out, some part time overs. But Hamish has certainly been in the discussions, and I think for the first time we'll sit down as a selection group tomorrow for the game Saturday night, and. Um, there'll be a number of discussions around a number of the positions that we we need to try and get right for that game.
0: It's interesting. I made this comment last night in commentary with Mitch Marsh and and Brad Hogg, who were joining me last night, that Ashton Agar, of course, he wasn't there last night, made such a difference. He's an outstanding fieldsman, can hit a mean ball, and of course, he's so effective in T20 cricket. You missed him last night, I thought.
1: Yeah, uh, we missed him in Melbourne as well. He's one of those players that, you almost have to try and find three players to replace him. Um, it's such as the contribution that he does make, and and the balance that he does give our side. So, yeah, we're certainly missing him at the moment. We're all wrapped that he's he's uh, got a baggy green back on his head and and playing Test cricket, but uh, we'll welcome him back when uh, when we head to Brisbane uh, next week. But um, yeah, trying to replace him has has proved difficult to do.
0: Yeah, let's talk about the injuries. It was uh, sort of heart. Uh, in your mouth stuff when we saw Jai Richardson uh, not able to complete his fourth over and Ashton Turner had to bowl out the final two deliveries of that fourth over and he simply walked off Optus uh, Stadium where's he at Yeah
1: he he's going in for a scan uh, later this evening and uh, we'll we'll get the extent of of how that hamstring looks uh, he walked off okay um he said he felt okay but there was definitely some tightness there so uh, we'll wait to see what the scan shows us. Um, unfortunately, it's the same hamstring that he did injure um, oh, uh, six, 12 months ago. So um, we may need to take the cautious route, but again, we'll just wait and see uh, what the scan shows us and um, and how long Giles potentially out for.
0: Because he did walk off, as you mentioned. So it was a case of him saying, no, I just don't feel 100%. Uh, he was a bit maybe overcautious or cautious being the word that he didn't want to make it any worse?
1: I I think it's just a smart move uh, at that time of the game and understanding his body and and understanding that if he tries to push through and do further damage, then um, he he could be spending a significant amount of time on the the sidelines. So Mm -hmm. he certainly did the right thing by pulling up and and not finishing the over. And uh, hopefully the scans will will give us some good news and and we won't be missing Jai for too long.
0: What about Aaron Hardy, who, of course, uh, was replaced before the match last night? Mitch Ma suggested it may be a bit of a quad injury, and we saw Matt Kelly come in. Uh, Was that, again, precautionary?
1: Yeah, it was. um, Yeah, there's just a little niggle there in Aaron's quad, and um, we we did certainly go the cautious route with him, um, just knowing that if we gave him a game and potentially two games just to make sure we get that right, then... Uh, we don't we don't risk further damage, but um, he's pulled up pretty well, um, and, and he'll certainly go. We'll put him through his, his paces tomorrow at training to to assess his availability for for Saturday's game against the Heat. But uh, it's a very minor one, and, and I fully expect to see Aaron back sooner rather than later.
0: So Adam McCullough, final questions. It could be a completely, in some ways, different looking Perth Scorchers lineup uh, on Saturday against the Heat, particularly if you take the cautious route with Richardson. And Hardy, and we know that Faf Duplassie has gone. There's no Ashton Agar there at the moment. Uh, it, there could be a few new faces, as you mentioned earlier.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, I believe uh, Lance Morris is is going to be on his way back from the, from Sydney and potentially available for us. Uh, David Payne, the left-arm seamer that we've brought in from, from England, is is here now and, and available as well. So... They give us some bowling options and then the, the batting options, as we've discussed, um, with, with potentially Eskenazi, uh, Cooper Connolly and, and even Hamish McKenzie potentially um, coming into the mix as well. So I think it will it will certainly be a different-looking team to the, the effort we put out the other night. And um, again, knowing that we were going to rely a lot on our local players at the back end of the tournament. So excited to see them get their opportunity. Um, and yeah, we need to bounce back because uh, we certainly weren't at our best last night.
0: Mm. Good on you, Adam. I appreciate your time very much indeed. Doing an outstanding job down there. It's a good setup down at the West Australian Cricket Association. Of course, uh, it was a pride night last night, and uh, certainly everybody embraced that uh, very well as well. Thanks for your time. Uh, good luck uh, for the game on Saturday, and we'll keep in touch here on Sports Day. All no right. Thanks, Peter. Okay, Adam Voges joining us here on the the program. So there you go. That brings you up to date with the Perth Scorchers. Certainly not at their best, and let's hope they return to somewhere near their best against the Brisbane Heat, who are sitting towards the lower end of the BBL ladder. So just repeating uh, the Test match score before we take a break. That Usman Khawaja followed on from his twin centuries in last year's SCG Test with another stunning ton today. To join an exclusive club as only the second Australian after Dougie Walters, would you believe, to score three consecutive centuries at the ground. He and Steve Smith added 209 for the third wicket, with Steve Smith passing Sir Donald Bradman's mark of 29 test centuries. He made 104, Steve Smith, and for the second day running, Australia's dominated the on-field actions, but rain as we said earlier, had the final say. And after forcing the players from the field, with Usman Khawaja just five runs shy of a maiden double century, Australia firmly on top, four for 475 after two rain-reduced days. And this is what Alan Border said about the light situation. The current light rule is, um, is too soft. We come off too easily. And Jared Waitley actually made a comment. He broadcast the match for SEN Cricket. This is what uh, Waitley had to say about the light situation.
2: Yeah, too much play was lost
0: yesterday. Um, I think any
2: uh, the common sense tag is is fair enough. Is thirty two thousand people are there? It's a showpiece event. The rain delays are one thing, but uh, they were all all umpires and players were too precious with the light. Now that's easy to say when you are sitting on the outside but they went off prematurely in the middle of the first session and then that set the bar too low and then it was it was almost a bad joke at one stage when the rain had finished the game had been prepared the patrons had been told play was about to resume and they walked out with the light meter and uh, and declined to start. Uh, and it there is um, there are there are moments of uh, it's almost illogical that at a ground that has such uh, storied lighting as the SCG that you would be offered two in the afternoon with light. Now, Simon's uh, lived the experience, and there is a little bit of a pushback this morning from those set of former players, which. They lined up behind Steve War, who was in the crowd, so he had a good read on the unrest that was happening in the stands. Alan Border, Mark War, is they weren't advocates of continuing to play through poor light when they were playing, but Steve's suggestion that you have to move with the times feels right. So to be there yesterday, it was... Uh, it was unsatisfactory for the, for the occasion that so much play was
0: lost. Jared mm. Whateley uh, making his call on the, the light situation that's plagued the third and final test between Australia and South Africa over the last couple of days. As we go to the break, let's uh, have a listen to Steve Smith passing Sir Donald Bradman's mark of 29 test centuries. He remained and made 104 before he was caught and bowled by Maharaj. Uh, Steve Smith, surpassing Sir Donald Bradman.
2: Takes his guard. Ball's made its way around the field to Anrik Nokia. It's a good battle within the over. Nothing given by this South African quick. He bowls and Smith will get him now. He pulls for his hundred, three backwards square. It reaches the rope for four magnifies the celebration helmet off bat raise a 30th Test century for steve smith and it's loaded with milestones it improves his record against south africa which is something he desperately wanted his second test ton against this rival and it moves him outright fourth on the run scoring list for australia Behind only the greats who reached 10,000. And it puts him alongside Matthew Hayden for test centuries. Sports day for Kia. The seven seat Kia Sorrento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever.
0: Available now at your nearest Kia dealer.